that's Mike. And that's Toya. And, and this, this is, is Tech Beats and Bikes. How you doing this week? How you doing this week? I'm doing fabulous. How you doing? Do you really mean that? <laughs> but I do. It's another day I'm on this earth. I'm seeing the sun and black holes, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, that things. just felt weird all around. But, um, <laughs> that's cool. So I guess we'll jump into the tech part of everything. Um, so the South Florida VC funding starts up with a sluggish year, just starting off kind of slow. Womp womp. Did we expect it to be anything different, though? I think... VCs right now are probably sluggish nationwide. There's not a lot of stuff happening, but uh, Care Predict, which uses an AI-driven technology to advance senior care, led the South Florida region in an institution venture capital in the first year. Um, it's previously reported $9.5 million in funding raised, according to a venture report that was released today. This is all news. Thank you to Refresh Miami. And the financing was led by Miami's, is that Sococha? So Culture Ventures, Los Olas Venture oh, Capital, and Fort Lauderdale, and Startup Health Ventures. So a lot of stuff still happening in Broward County. You um, throwing shade on 305? <laughs> That's what we're not going to do at this table. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff happening. Um, so South Florida's companies raised $17 million in the first quarter, down from the $25 million raised in quarter one. That's not bad. It's still $17 million. Yeah, it's not bad. But no. I think, too, what we're seeing is that VC funding is shifting. Like, that may be true for maybe South Florida VC funding is sluggish. Mm -hmm. But I actually see a lot of programs that are women-based VC funds looking to invest in other women-owned businesses. Maybe that's just because... You're a woman? I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that things are shifting. So I don't know if it's sluggish or if it's just that it's not where it used to be. I so mean, you have to look in different places now. And it doesn't look the same as it used to look. You're seeing women who are trying to take back what well, was sort of... Not even take back, but just participate in what was previously male-dominated. Well, I and guess if men aren't taking the opportunity to look into having more females on their board or in leadership roles, that's their fault. You're missing out on the opportunity yeah. of growth. So can really only blame yourself if you get into that kind of situation. Right. And I don't know how many more articles have to come out because another one came out to talk about why diversity teams win. Mm. It just makes sense. Having people at the table who represent the whole population and not a segment just makes more sense. That way you don't have automated cars that can run over people of other skin tones. Just saying. <laughs> like, you'll build it right from the start and not having to fix it because you ain't think about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, by the way, I wasn't throwing shade, but that company was <laughs> based in Plantation. I just want you to know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a lot happening in but Broward. But you, you threw a little bit because you was like a lot of happening in Broward and I just had to say. I can't help what the facts say. These are the facts, people. The facts are leading toward... 305 is always popping. All, always. Roads, all roads lead to Broward County. 305. The last thing y'all had popping just retired last night. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> Don't do it. Wade County for life. Congratulations to Wade. That was Absolutely. a very... Absolutely. I wish I was there to get one of those t-shirts and to see you play your last game. No, that was great. It was really heartwarming to just see like the whole montage they did and then the recreation of his commercial that his son did and then even at the end. Oh, uh, you talking about the Budweiser commercial? Not the Budweiser oh, commercial. I didn't see that. In the um, intro to the game, they played on the Jumbotron like a little montage of everybody kind of like talking about his the three chapters of his life. And then at the end, his son did a recre um, recreated the Converse commercial 
Oh, okay. So they played that on the Jumbotron, so that was Oh, that's dope. I'm surprised y'all didn't go. Kevin didn't have tickets? No, we ain't. We watched it on TV. Oh. It was good, though. So, with everything going on in Congress and still trying to figure out what's going on with the Mueller reports, people might overlook the fact that the tech giants have been called to tone the hate down. So, I'm going to actually read to you an unofficial report that comes from this guy by the name of Hall. And it went a little something like this. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Congress, we are here to discuss the, or the, the, the rest of white nationalism and a white supremacy Republicans of Congress. Well, we want to talk about the other hate speech, Democrats of Congress. That is not what we are here for. This is to discuss the unprecedented, I am so tired of that word, I even actually have that written in my notes, <laughs> rise of white nationalism and white supremacy. I want people to understand now how this related to the all lives matter versus the black lives matter. Right. Uh, everything has its own time frame. everything has its own platform, but when you're discussing white nationalism and white supremacy, that's really not the time to bring up other things. Uh, that's what we're talking. But the funny part is this, as they're discussing this in Congress, YouTube decided that they were going to stream it live. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So YouTube has to cut the live stream because of the amount of hate and the amount of racist comments that were coming through the stream. So you're kind of talking about a problem while the problem gets addressed. And then... Uh, a waste of air and skin, Candace Owens gets called out when they played her own Hitler statements that she made and he played it back to her while there. So before I even, because part of this was going to go into a whole for today's ignorance, but this has been continuous, so it's not just today. Um, no, it's not just today, y'all. <laughs> so, on a side note, I don't understand why you can't do some form of a robot or artificial intelligence to just stop these posts and to calm down all of this stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about that? No, that definitely could be a, a more technological way of monitoring chat rooms than having a whole bunch of moderators. Because if the moderator gets caught up in the content, then they're not going to be able to stop it. Or if the moderator supports the content. Why oh, that's we're just going to let these slide. We're just going to let these slide. So, at first, it doesn't seem like it was really going to be an issue. You think it's like, oh, that's going to be okay. Oh, we, oh we're going to take a quick break through the hate and get to the Timeline Brewery. Cheers. Cheers. What are we drinking today? Um, single, single, single IPA. We're drinking an alpha IPA. <laughs> oh, that's not bad because I do, I do not like IPAs. Yeah, she did. Hold on, guys. Technical difficulties. Testing one, two. Uno, dos, tres. All right, so we're back. So. <laughs> This was my little side. Well, before I get into the side note, although you have all these things going on, there was a copyright infringement by the president. Yeah. Donald Trump official Twitter account recently posted a confusing promotional video, which he featured an altered version of a quote by Gandhi. First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. The last line was should have read, then they fight for you, was changed to, then they call you racist. Not sure what he was trying to imply here, because you're definitely racist, Mr. Trump. Um, but that got taken down because the song, Why Do We Fall, 
by Hans Zimmer, uh, which is just a historical man. It's also the 11th track from the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack plays in the background of the video. So I want you to know, they didn't pull it down because of his hate, all the other things he said, but he definitely violated a trademark. Right. So they you can't get it. away with it either. If everybody else can't post music in their videos, neither can you. <laughs> Boom. So in my side note, before we had this post that came in from our AP Daniels, I had put in a thing, YouTube, Google, Facebook. If you have tools to block people from copyright usage, mind you, I didn't know the president had did this when I wrote this part. Of uh, music in posts, someone cooking, or if someone talking about being racist, you can develop a tool that shazams the certain usage of word combinations and the word usage to market as potential hate speech that implies violence and have that post suspended while it's reviewed. If the person is found guilty of doing such, ban them. Now, this is the part where all you tech giants should listen to this. You should ban them, their email and their IP address from your platform. Because, you know, I, I feel hate ensues in the household. So don't just take down one person. Shut down the whole household from being able to use your platform. Mm. It's free and it's open to the public, but rules should apply. I have seen people banned from public libraries just from not returning a book. So a book that no one is looking for, by the way. So if I'm going to be banned from a public library, why not ban somebody from using your platform if they're going to incite hate, hateful speech that's going to scare people and put people in this situation? I think we can go without a little bit of hate. So that's just my solution to Facebook, YouTube, Google, Twitter, and everything else that we might be addicted to to let people know what's going on in our life. Right. No, I think that's a good solution. <laughs> it's just it's just interesting because when you talk about what they were talking about and you have it happening at the same time, like there needs to be a an analysis of the whole entire situation and really t like addressing the state of this country right now. Like we've done talked about it before about the whole making America great again, like what mm. that's really about. But now you have to like acknowledge it. Don't just think it's some theory and it's the crackpot president who just like, no, this is real. These are people. There was a, um, a story out on the news the other day about this black guy who was stabbed in the face in Pembroke Pines because he just wanted to use the bathroom by a white <laughs> worker who followed him to the bathroom and then stabbed him in the face. So now they're you know going down the path of talking about it was racially motivated. This is happening. You're having lynchings. These things are occurring. We cannot act as if it's just fringe people doing fringe behavior. Too often we hear the, the whole rhetoric of the lone wolf, right? But then when members of other communities create certain, enact certain crimes, then it becomes a reflection on the whole community. We need to address the, the issue the same way, regardless of who enacts it. If it's a hate crime, like reflect on who the hate crime is being done by and address it as such. Don't just try to attribute it to, oh, mental illness or no, no, no. It is what it is. Like we got to stop baby and like pussyfooting around the issue. Like, come on. People's lives are at stake. This is crazy. Well, we know why they don't want to address it. Yeah, but still, like, come on. Well, y'all heard it from Toya. See, y'all think I, y'all think I, you just give it to y'all in a different way. So... To the tech giants, I mean, there's nothing else we can say but fix it. Mm. Because obviously yeah. we know your priorities. You're more worried about getting sued 
over copyright infringement than the safety of those that are now getting stabbed in the face, getting harassed at work, feeling uncomfortable even to use a public platform. Yeah. I mean, just it's at a point where all you guys can do is fix it. All and right. if this isn't pretty much what we're trying to say, don't treat this like diversity inclusion. Don't just put somebody in that position with absolutely no power to make any change. No, because we know that the internet has echo chambers, pockets where people sort of just continue to circulate their ideas and their thoughts. And so where, who are, where are these people getting these ideas from? Because they're talking amongst themselves. Like, come on, people have talked about being on those right-wing platforms and the content and the conversation that happens there. And that's not tea that we're drinking. That is definitely beer. Yeah. So we're just letting you know it's a little <laughs> bit of a stronger issue. So moving along. We now have the 5G without the phone. AT&T's latest press release announces there are now 19 cities across the nation where AT&T is the only carrier to offer mobile 5G service to businesses and consumers well ahead of their competition. Yet there's only one slight problem. There aren't any smartphones that can use it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Verizon will be launching the exclusive Samsung Galaxy S10 this year, but a firm release date has not yet been announced. Verizon and Sprint, you know, look, y'all are releasing all these things that aren't working together. <laughs> right. One person got the technology, <laughs> the other person got the actual device. Y'all need to get together. Now, the only people I do know, and since this is happening, this is just a sign we need to bring them on the show, is Friggers, which Jermaine and um, I forgot the CEO's name right now, but Friggers, a black-owned mm -hmm. mobile company, has 5G phones and a 5G network. Just putting that out there. They actually have both of them. Meaning they could work together. So AT&T, Verizon, I don't know what y'all trying to do. Just figure out a way to get it together. Right now, the only device that can access the 5G network of AT&T's is the Netgear Nighthawk 5G hotspot, which I pretty much with just, just <laughs> high speed internet <laughs> using a hot spot. Yep. I mean, I really, this is about to me is as stupid as the $1,200 phone. You have uh, now Red, which is the cameras, the high-end cameras. Mm -hmm. Red came out with some titanium platinum phone, which is pretty much nothing but an Android phone. Um, <laughs> so, so it's technology. Is it kind of hitting a wall? I feel like this is this is the point. It's hitting a wall. It can't quite get through. The iPhone hasn't changed, and I don't know how many iterations this thing looked the same. My mine is an eight, so it, the the ten got a little bit better, but it's still about the same. Barely. Right, like. I, I believe it's, stuck. the, the, the hype is over. What we need to do is start fixing some real world issues, like thank you, green and. I think technology just needs to be used in and a different garbage. way. And garbage. The waste is insane, y'all. Yeah. iPhone, I think y'all should just take... Apple, y'all should take a break, work with Oprah, develop some positive content through Ooh. Digital Grass, and make better music, promote more independent artists. Maybe you should do more live streaming concerts. That's a good way to use this platform. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I would like to see live. Some live streaming concerts... And maybe some one-on-one -on -one conversations with the artists. I don't know Exclusive. if y'all old asses remember this, but there was this thing called MTV Unplugged. And yeah. you got a chance to get to know the artists. Go back to developing some exclusive content and giving us something where we actually get to know these people. <clears throat> so when they come out with a brand or when they come out with something, we actually feel more invested because we feel like we know them. 
Now, granted, some people might be sitting there saying, well, you know, it's kind of hard to do that. They expose everything through social media and through reality TV. No, we don't want that garbage. We don't want that trash. We want consumer-based content questions where it's a live stream. And matter of fact, we'll do it this way. Since we know that the Marlins are having problems filling up that stadium and David Beckham going to end up building <laughs> three more stadiums. Listen, it's, it's bad <laughs> when a monster truck rally, and I know because we took our son to go see it, it's packed. And the Marlins be like crickets. And I love Charles Johnson. I love you. I appreciate everything you're doing as an ambassador there. But I'm just saying that would be a great place to host some more private and intimate concerts. Yeah, it's a beautiful venue. Just like 10,000 people. Yeah. Stream it live. You got the Clevelander on site. I'm just saying. Drinks. And just have them do a song, ask, answer three questions. Do two songs, ask, answer six questions. Do three more songs, take a break. Bring up a <clears> fan <throat> that paid a high-end VIP package to come up there and sing one of the songs with you. Like... There's so much more you could do because the world is becoming so detached from being so attached through technology. Yeah, but and with through that detachment though, it comes a desire for experiences. So not just shopping, not just eating, but wanting an experience, which is what he was just talking about. And it's funny because everything that you just said, that's what happened at the Monster Truck Rally. It, they it's had, an experience. It's you, an experience. They had VIP attendees who went on the actual, like, whatever it's called, the grounds or whatever, and they got to ride in the Monster Trucks. So everybody in the stands was looking like, that's dope. I didn't even know that could happen. Now, the, the ride was whack. <laughs> it was like they went around and then they got off. But for a three-year-old, that would be everything. Right. That would be everything. Right. And then, of course, you know, they got all of the paraphernalia, all the little gadgets and stuff that you could buy. But it's an experience. And then you got the guy roaming around in the crowd interviewing people so everybody get to see themselves on the Jumbotron. Like, that's an experience. So, Magic Leap. And what y'all doing at the um, MLB? Ma Magic like Leap, as you're trying to figure out what kind of content to create, as you pay us to film this content for these concerts... Now somebody can sit there and watch it, sitting down, feeling like they're front row, right next to Jay-Z and Beyonce yeah. as they perform their stuff live. Right. With intimate conversations happening at the Clevelander. And due to the basis of intellectual property, if any of y'all jerks try to make this idea, <laughs> we coming for y'all because now we got it on record. But I'm just saying, those are even if yeah. it was just a cooking experience, you know how much better it would be if I watched somebody cooking and I was like sitting right there and I can see them almost cutting off their fingers and right. everything they're going through and how much they actually, when they say just a dash, I know what just a dash really looked like. <laughs> exactly. Just, just a little bit. I want to be there. I mean, we already know y'all released that thing where smells come through the phone and you get the sensations of being there, which y'all haven't. But I don't know why y'all won't create that. Like, y'all creating all this other garbage. <laughs> Speaking of garbage, uh, real quick, sorry for everybody that made that failed investment into Jet Smarter. <laughs> um, Jay-Z, hope you got some of your money back after that investment. I definitely hope the Saudis got their money back. Those are not the people you want to mess with or piss off when it comes to money. But um, seven or eight years ago, there was a company called Jet Setters mm -hmm. owned and participated in by some guy named Michael and Dante and these companies. <laughs> we could have told you those numbers weren't going to work. Um, 
private jets as a rental platform and catching empty legs on a private jet is just bad for business because the jet is still owned by somebody. And if I need it, now you stuck in New York without a way to get back to Miami and you still got to buy a commercial flight. Um, it was a bad idea. It sounded good, but you know, that living, living rich to die broke situation, just don't flaunt it. You don't own a private jet. You don't own a private jet. <laughs> right. <laughs> I ain't trying to fake like I do. Just Stop. Like, I mean, everybody has access to go somewhere and get pictures on the runway and then go to your regular flight. I mean, just do that if y'all have to. Actually, maybe that's what Spirit should do since Spirit services are so bad. Spirit, what you should do is have, like, you know, in the club back in the day when everybody used to take them pictures with the dude that only could print because you ain't had your phone back then wasn't he printed your pictures right there with right. the printer shout out to marcel and put it in the little and nightlife photo guy in a little envelope yeah thing. so they, yeah. they they needed to do the backdrop of a private jet on the runway right because we can make banners that look so much better than them old school club yeah, like, backdrops i mean it'll work we can put shadow effects to it the right lighting and let all your spirit look like you really there tell them to dress up because most of the time i see Females coming for spirit in pajamas and still got on the silk bonnets. Just put a dress. They say they got to preserve their curls until they get there. No, nah, they say that if I'm already going to fly broke, I might as well look. Broke. <laughs> <laughs> $39 flights. You might as well. You might as well look apart. <laughs> Don't do them. Y'all, I'm sticking up for y'all with them silk bonnets on. But what <laughs> we're trying to say is there's a way to use the technology that you have. But what happens is when you are culture vultures and you're reaching in and sucking the life out of other people's culture, you don't really know how to relate to that culture to understand the experiences that people want. And there's a lot of artists right now, like uh, I would love to see a close up intimate performance with somebody like Gallant. Or Tank and the Bangas, loving what they're doing with that New Orleans vibe. There's a lot of New people. Orleans. A lot of people that you can put them in and don't do the stupid stuff. Don't put them in a green room. What? They were. Don't don't put them in the green room. Don't do nothing corny. Have a concert. Let us hear the other people by us screaming, acting out of control, and you know, sit somebody in the crowd with the sixteen cameras on their head mm-hmm. so you can get the full view. That's the kind of I would say augmented reality and virtual reality content that people would pay for. Yeah. I would pay ten dollars. And you're talking about the same amount for a subscription for a whole month to Hulu. I would pay $10 up to probably $20 to be able to have exclusive access to live streaming content in virtual reality where I can still type in something. And if I paid enough money, mm-hmm. somebody is actually there live to ask that artist the question that I have. Right. Because one, that's cheaper than you getting a ticket to be there live. And you get to be in the comfort of your own home in AC. You're not outside so what in you, no hot Coachella sun. I'm just saying. So what you got to imagine is, at best, you're going to get a concert with twenty to 30,000 people. Imagine only having to worry about a space for 5,000 people, but being able to entertain up to millions. Right. But shout out, too, to Coachella, because at least they're one of the concert sort of experiences that is leveraging the digital space. Yes. Because... They have a whole YouTube app unto themselves for Coachella. And it's interesting that we aren't seeing that with more festivals and more sort of experiences because the technology has been there forever. Like people live stream webinars, summits all the time. Why aren't we doing the same thing for concerts? 
I know like Beyonce may have did something before Taylor Swift did the thing, but I feel, you think it will be more by now. And maybe Kevin Hart could do this for his comedy and he could be more offensive and not worry about people. Um, I still haven't seen it on Netflix yet. Sorry, Kevin. But yeah. So it's it's on my to do. It's on my list. Walmart Robotics getting back into tech since we were on tech. But just I mean, I'm just saying. Magic Leap, we right down the street from y'all. We just gave y'all a hell of an idea. Magic Leap Music Division. Yeah. MLMD. Just saying. That's an obvious low-hanging fruit. You can spend a whole entire show talking about the negative perceptions of Walmart, which we could. There's a lot we could say about Walmart. But Walmart, y'all been on point with those 98-cent <laughs> cookies that's in the front aisle. Those cookies are off the chain. I think y'all stole the recipe from Subway, but them cookies is good. Uh but regardless of where we stand with the ethical debate of Walmart, the company does have power. And now Walmart is coming for Amazon Prime. They're doing two-day shipping for free. Um, they are the largest retailer. But to improve Walmart's customer service, and for everybody that's saying they are taking our jobs, I want you to know that they are now robots. Walmart is talking about putting robots in for customer service, which I'm all for because every time I go there at 1130, about three of y'all machines is broken in the self-checkout and there's one register open. Y'all already should know by any basis of customer analysis, folks like us, the tech geeks, the people that work, entrepreneurs, we don't go to Walmart at regular hours. We go after 11 o'clock. That's when we feel safe. Safety being from the craziness that happens in Walmart <laughs> on the other hours. But by next Friday, Walmart expects to have autonomous floor scrubbers in 1800 so and this is my problem. No, the floors are fine, Walmart. We expect y'all to have dirty floors. You guys are not Target. <laughs> but they say they don't want to be. Get me like some that. more cashiers. No. Just cashiers, because ain't nobody exchanging money like that no more. Just get me some cashiers. I want at least two robot cashiers that have personality training. <laughs> now they can talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Michael. Welcome back to Walmart. Are you sure that's all you need? Did you find everything okay? And do it just like the Amazon thing. Based off of what you purchase, are you sure you don't want to go back and pick up? No, you know what? <laughs> you right. I didn't even think about I that. I do need that extra scrub <laughs> for my mop. You know what? I did, but you know, I only bought one thing of ice cream. I should be thinking about my wife. I need, you know what? I do need some more ice cream. I'm gonna go back. Can Give you hold my spot in the line? Right. Based <laughs> off of that, we will hold your spot in line. We'll see you. You know, just do that. Or they just go ahead and ring it up, and you just pick it up. And I want her to have the Siri England voice. I want. <laughs> <laughs> she gotta be English. She has to be British. Yeah. Proper. <laughs> I, want, I want something different. And then I want one hood window just so I can come in. <laughs> what you doing with all this? Uh, so 1,700 stores have robot scanning boxes. Mm. Again, we already knew that was happening. But uh, the labor advocates are worrying that automated manual tasks will trigger layoffs. So we've said this before to the labor advocates, to people that are only training people to have jobs where they pretty much can't survive off of those jobs. Why don't you guys take all those people, put them into cybersecurity? Because guess what? More robots mean more entry ports for hacking. Just think about it. Don't always worry about the immediate. Go get some certifications. Take these people through vocational training. Or better yet, teach them how to repair and fix robots. It's still a mechanical item. They need servicing. Yeah. There's other opportunities. There's other, there's millions of jobs in cybersecurity. I can call my father right now. There's mm -hmm. about 30 jobs he's looking to hire somebody for. 
can't find them. Like, why are y'all still focused on trying to get people these $12 jobs Listen. when they can't survive? Why don't you focus on helping them get jobs that are going to pay them eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, so they can finally shop at Target and not keep spending their money at Walmart where they work <laughs> or the dollar store? Like, listen. Hey, man, look. Shout out to the dollar store. I'm going to tell you, dollar store is an underutilized place. No, if but you it's, have it's, a, house it's a difference deal. to when you go to the dollar store because you want to versus you have to. I had to go to the dollar store because the little plastic containers at Home Depot cost a dollar and ninety-seven cent to four dollars. That same plastic container at the dollar store costs. A dollar, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. there's certain things that the dollar store is good for. But yeah, I do yeah. feel bad sometimes because you know the person working in the dollar store probably can only afford to shop at the dollar store. Right. Dollar store should almost become like Amazon. <clears throat> this the goes Amazon back store self checkout. Just living like, wage argument. I mean, it's not like you got to ask somebody what's the price. <laughs> right. I think some of those places should just be self checkout. It should. Just like self checkout. It's a dollar. Right. Just. There's no discussion. <laughs> just go ahead and like <laughs> stop. Is there any clearances in the dollar store? I've never seen like four for a dollar. That's just like no longer having toll service people. Like, right. We don't need that. It made sense. I didn't need somebody to take that quarter. Keep driving. (laughs) (laughs) Let's evolve. Just like coal mining. I've said this before. Like, stop, y'all. But speaking of tolls, do they make money with the tolls? Because now, how much does it cost to send the bill in the receipt? Just wonder. I don't know, but I I done got some <laughs> bills, <laughs> and I'm like I got this sun pass in my window. Hello, had to go get that fixed last week. It was right. it was an all right experience. <laughs> I had never been to the sun pass place before. I was like, oh, this is where where yeah. you guys are. By the way, David said that Kevin Hart special was worse than Miami Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody else said it was good and hilarious. I heard it was, good. I heard it was trashed. I've heard it was good too from some other people. Um, we're gonna have to watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, so the question is, if it was twenty dollars through Magic Leap and you had the experience in virtual reality where you were sitting front row, would you have spent that twenty dollars? No, better yet, you spent the twenty dollars. You watched the Kevin Hart special and the Magic Leap live experience protected and owned by digital grass if you've experienced it in that format and you spent the twenty dollars are you satisfied yes because the way the way his stage was set up in it it wasn't like he was on one end right it was like circular or something it was, right it was a square stage so he was in the center and they had several different camera angles to kind of engage you into the show so you're saying or, the content and the way it was set up, you would have yes, been. I would pay twenty dollars. Yes. See, so we just showed Kevin Hart. The way it was shot. But we just told Kevin Hart how to make more money. That means Kevin Hart could have filmed this in his garage with a stage set up and a whole bunch of cameras. Or he could have just expanded his audience with the live audience plus now your digital. But you know what audience. you think That's about? You know how much I would because if you think about a virtual reality, you really can't record it because there's no way to record the content. And then also too, comedians like him and Tracy Morgan, they make you lock your cell phones up. But I ain't even worried about the cell phone. I'm saying how much would I pay? to have exclusive access to you to do your skits and to see when you practice and through stuff. Stuff you know you might throw away. Right. The behind the scenes. Yeah, a membership. So Walmart, um, just get more cashier people. We're not impressed with the floor scrubbers because I'm pretty sure that uh, Roomba 
and robots already in. <laughs> believe there's already things to clean the floor, y'all. Y'all can just have a whole bunch of Roombas right. running around. <laughs> and so. then have them have a little sign on them, buy these in our electronic department, 25% off. That, look at that. Showcase and it shows right. Like Y'all should have been did that. Y'all ain't thinking. <laughs> um, so the Florida film industry is running out of breath. Um, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the responses are getting real genuine. This is what happens when you start controlling your own content. Right. Uh, by the way, Joe Budden, you losing your edge, man. <laughs> Where that came from? I'm just, I've been watching uh, State of the Culture. Uh-huh. He's not good at reading cue cards. <laughs> You know how when some people read, they just don't sound natural? Yeah. Like us when we try to read. <laughs> I know that's you. <laughs> it don't sound natural. So, uh, Florida Tax Watch's recent report set in Florida. As reported in 2016, we know that the motion picture industry just went down the gutter. Uh, yeah. we, we were filming a lot of stuff. We lost TV shows with TBS, with USA. Yeah, crazy. Um, there were 150,000 jobs with over $2.2 billion in wages. That's a lot of money. Um, so five years of incentives, which were supposed to help the studios and accelerate the growth of the industry. They had a couple of flaws with the program, mm -hmm. but instead of just like, you know, good old Florida, we stay in the news. Instead of fixing some of the flaws in the industry, they decide to scrap the whole program. In the basis of scrapping the program, a lot of these shows move to New, um, Louisiana yep. and Georgia. Yep. There's stuff that's supposed to be filmed in Arizona, Wisconsin and everything that they shoot right outside of Atlanta because Atlanta comes into a whole different country town because Georgia is still country um, as soon as you get outside of Atlanta. So we've lost a lot of the industry to Atlanta. Now, with that being the case, there's a lot of people threatening to leave Georgia based off of this pro-abortion uh, mm. situation, which mm -hmm. I'm wondering how that's going to work out because money talk, y'all know the rest. Um, Frankly, money talk bullshit walks. So yeah, you can, say we not censored. Yeah, you could say that you're gonna pick it up and move it somewhere else, but you ain't coming to Florida because we ain't got those incentives. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where else you're gonna film with an airport like so that crazy. where you can fire your equipment in and you have that kind of access and it's that cheap. So I understand what y'all are saying, and I understand that a lot of actors are saying this. But we know what happens when actors try to do strikes. So what do you think? I'm, I'm telling you right now, Toya, what's, what's making me nervous about mm -hmm. this. With all respect to my brother, Andrew. If DeSantis pulled this off, this is like a triple-double for him. If DeSantis gets the incentives back for the Florida film industry, I am going to start thinking that <clears throat> Andrew is secretly working DeSantis from afar because so? he's doing a, he's doing a lot of good stuff mm -hmm. I mean you can't deny when he's doing good stuff but right. if we get the film incentives back for the state of Florida that man would at least we got to give him a home run or at least a triple double he has to get something if he pulls that off I mean it just maybe he's not as like bad as we thought <laughs> right crazy and disconnected as what we thought and it just makes sense like why not film is a huge money maker and it's also an attraction for people when they come. They're like, oh, my God, that's where this was filmed. And there's so much stuff that happens with films. The yeah. food industry, the restaurants, right. the hotels. It, it brings its own <laughs> ecosystem. So why not encourage film locally? Like, I don't know why we stopped that. That's just crazy. From, you know, Miami Vice. Like, why wouldn't you want to just continue the legacy of shooting stuff in Florida? Think, it, it was stupid to begin with. I think so. Rick Scott discontinued it because he wasn't making money off of it. Anything Rick Scott wasn't making money off of on the back end, 
He was just backwards anyway. I and Rick Scott, w- look, I've talked to a couple of people and I've convinced them that if He-Man ever comes back, you're guaranteed to play Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of film. No makeup needed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been waiting to say that. That was the perfect setup for that. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but that's it. I just think that that's a good move. Great for him. Rick Scott Pan Skeletor? Or... Well, both. Both. <laughs> but back to DeSantis. No, I just think that it just makes sense. Like, why not? Why? But by the way, who owns He-Man? Why hasn't there been a He-Man movie made with the new graphics and stuff? I don't know. I know She-Ra is on um, Netflix as a cartoon. Not they needed. We brought She-Ra. Definitely not needed. <laughs> don't do She-Ra like that. She-Ra is great. Definitely, we definitely need a He-Man action film. Don't hate on She-Ra, our female heroes out there. Woo woo. That's right. She was one of your OGs. Yeah. Speaking of film, though, like you said, <laughs> those guys at HBO, with my slow, my slow slip, they have decided to remove the Michael Jackson documentary. <clears throat> from the network so recent news hbo will be removing a documentary from its regular rotation mm-hmm. as well as oprah winfrey removing content from her platforms um so the simple question comes to mind is when will we be more critical of who we cancel right so that whole so one of the things that's been talked about a lot on social media is the infiltration of the me too movement and how it's becoming more about the shaming and not really about the empowerment of women speaking up about what happened to them. Who the little girl was mad that somebody touched her shoulder? Right, so it's just, it's becoming almost um, criminal when you think about it because it's starting to seem very similar to what happened to Emmett Till where you just had someone accuse someone of something and then now automatically that person is guilty and there's no real due process, but there's a ton of shaming. There's a ton of judgment that comes with that. So it's almost like a witch hunt in reverse. And I think that we're at a place where, one, information is too accessible. It's too many ways to sit there and get down to the truth if people would do like for real reporting. And that's also the backlash of it as well, is that a lot of journalists aren't doing true journalism anymore. You're not getting down to the facts. You're more so getting opinions and biases when you hear different stories. So I think the um, the cancel culture is almost an extension of the Me Too movement, and it all kind of needs to be reined back in. Like, let's focus a little bit better. Let's not be so quick to throw the baby out with the bathwater until we know the truth. And I've seen a lot of people lately make the statements like, make sure you're your accusations, make sure your apology is just as big as your accusations, especially when they were wrong. And so people don't keep the same energy when they're admitting to the wrong they're doing and they just become quiet about it. Or to me, the cancel culture has also become very selective of the things we're enraged about. Um, And which makes a lot of you people out there look very, to me, suspect because I understand you're being upset about Nipsey getting killed, but somebody else in your neighborhood that was saving kids and doing the same thing, you don't care about that. You're not posting about that. A little girl gets kidnapped, you're not posting about that. The selective rage of basically, to me, following trends Mm -hmm. just because you're you're seeking. And the sad part is you're ultimately only doing it because you have those, those pill addictions to those likes and those hearts and those comments. You're only doing it because you're seeking attention, not because you actually want to change. 
And then you have people like Valencia Gunder in the community that are doing these kind of things, but you're not supporting her. You're not waking up on Saturday to go to her events and to help her out. You have people like StarX that are doing things. You have people in your community that are putting forth efforts. You're still not going to your city commission meetings. So this elective rage is kind of getting on my nerves. That's the part that bothers me more than anything. Yeah. Um, I only made it through one part of the Michael Jackson documentary. Mm. And as a person that produces content, <clears throat> for one, it didn't have to be two parts. They definitely stretched it out to get their money's worth. Um, secondly, it just seemed off the whole time. I just felt weird watching it, just to be honest. I will tell you, it was kind of weird that Michael Jackson did want a random little white boy to travel around the world with him just because he knew how to dance. Some of the stuff did sound disgusting. And so in no way, shape, or form, and on the record, do I support anybody who engages in such behavior of pedophilia. But a lot of it just seemed kind of weird to me. Yeah. And so I didn't see, so I saw like a bit of it, not a bit, like I literally mean like maybe like 15 minutes of it. But the part that I saw was mainly when they were talking, the um, NSYNC choreographer was sort of talking about it. And what you kind of heard from the men, it seemed as if they were in a relationship with Mike. So then you almost have to reflect back on it because this came out posthumously, right? He's no longer here. So you're not really able to hear his, and I'm talking about Michael Jackson, his sort of response to what they're saying. Um, so you almost have to question yourself, like, why y'all doing this now? Like, right? oh, just because there's a whole movement, a Me Too movement happening. So now you decide to kind of come out and talk about your situation and really sort of share your story. But honestly, I kind of... What came to me was that they seemed like they were really truly in a relationship with him, and maybe it was a them trying to battle issues with their sexuality. Like it felt like there was some pull and tug on right. them. But again, I didn't see the whole thing. I didn't see it from the beginning. I didn't see how Mike kind of like selected them. Um, but he kept in touch with them. They answered his phone calls, even though they weren't necessarily around him all the time. Mm. So there's uh, there was a relationship there. And a quick side note. Anybody that has a problem with Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union deal with their son, that's not your child. Right. Mind your business. That's all I'm going to say about it. has it. nothing to do with you. Mind your business. So, um, actually, do you want to get to In These Streets and then, because it kind of closes out with today's ignorance and our closing topic? We sure can. Go ahead. So in these streets, y'all, this week, we got black holes looking like Krispy Kreme donuts. So I don't know if y'all saw the images that's been circulating around social media today. What? <laughs> but, but when I saw the image of the, Chris, of, the, of the black hole, I was like, that looks like a crispy, a golden Krispy Kreme donut. Um, so the first ever photo of a black hole taken by an international collaboration of scientists called the Event Horizon Telescope, which was actu actually like eight different telescopes that sort of collaborated at the same time. To, or it was, a, it was an event, so they kind of did it in different stages and series, but to capture the image of the black hole. So the supermassive black hole at the center of the Messier 87 galaxy, which is 53.49 million light years away, is 6.5 billion times the mass of our sun, all contained in a single point of infinite density. So the reason why it looks like a donut is because on the 
on the perimeter of a black hole, you kind of have the event horizon. And that's where the light starts to bend and it goes into the black hole. And because of the gravity, the gravitational pull within the black hole, light can escape, right? That's what a black hole is. So that's why you see like this ring of light around it. And then you have this massive hole in the middle. So yeah, so I just wanted to kind of talk about that because you, of course, the internets went crazy when the image and they just started comparing the black hole to like the, the eyeball of a dog and just having tons of fun with it. People went into the whole Lord of Rings. For those who watch it, the Isle of Sardon on top of, the, on top of the tower, they were like, that's the black hole. Like I knew it. That's what the black hole looked like. So it's just some good fun. And, um, you know, for years, the theory of black holes was something that people kind of like were toying and playing with, but no one could actually see it. So it's kind of cool that now we have an image and we can kind of see what it looks like or what the, the outskirts of it looks like because we still don't know what it looks like because we can't see it. That's in these streets, y'all. So speaking of black holes, uh, we're going to talk about the death of black media. Um, there's a lot of elements to this, so we'll be riding this out. And if you guys have questions or comments, this is the time to put them in. It is sad to announce that I believe last week, in the last seven days, the Johnson Publishing Company, which started Ebony and Jet magazines, mm -hmm. every young black man picked up a Jet magazine <laughs> at some point. For the beauty life. of the week? Yes. <laughs> they have filed Chapter 7. Mm. which is a bankruptcy petition and it was filed Tuesday afternoon. Now I want you guys to understand what chapter seven means. Chapter seven means this story is over. Chapter seven is liquidation of assets so that you can actually start paying back some of your creditors. So there's not going to be a comeback from this. They're letting it go. Um, I'm just going to give you guys some quick fact because I, I'm more than comfortable to make this statement for digital grass and, uh, everybody associated with me. If it wasn't for Ebony Jet Magazine, we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. Um, that was the basis of all black media and that's how it started and that's what led to other great things. But this organization was founded in 1942 and the impact of the company, it, it, it's just inevitable because that was where you saw black doctors and black lawyers. Mm -hmm. That's where you saw these greatnesses and these people in front of you. Um, and by the way, just so you know, John H. Johnson, the company's founder, he had a $500 loan that he put against his mother's furniture, which I want to know what kind of furniture his mama had, because $500 on furniture back then was a lot of money. Um, and that's how he started his company. And it turned into one of the most successful African-American owned corporations. Um, Ebony began publishing just three years after that in November with a promise to, and I want you guys to listen to this, to mirror the happier side mm -hmm. of Negro life, the positive everyday achievements from Harlem to Hollywood. But when we talk about race as the number one problem of America, we'll talk Turkey. That says a lot to me. And in 1955, Jet published an open copy photograph of Emmett Till, the 14-year-old boy, Chicago boy, who was slaughtered by white men in Mississippi for allegedly whistling at a white woman, which, right. by the way, has been proven to be false. And she's still alive. And she is still alive and not in prison and served no time. So still, Johnson's published started that it's building, uh, which was designed by architect, I do not know how to say his last name. Uh, John M., yeah, John M., <laughs> which was the first important Chicago structure designed by an African-American 
since John Baptiste's cabin two centuries earlier. So you just got to think of the time frame. You're talking about 1740s versus 1942, how long it took for a black architect to make impact in Chicago and in Illinois. Um, you fast forward to 2005 with the death of the founder, John Johnson. Linda Johnson Rice took over the company. And unfortunately, it has been a downward spiral ever since she took over the company. With technology pivoting and printed magazines to digital subscriptions, the intentional decision to not modernize the culture internally and externally hurt all the organizations. So with a lack of being modern and moving with the times, it hurt. So that's just a little history about Johnson Publishing Company. Mm -hmm. Now, what people don't know is one of our partners had an opportunity to talk with some people at Johnson Publishing Company, and he presented an idea to them to start leasing out their photos. Johnson Publishing Company has enough exclusive photography to Listen. probably open up a museum in every say, major black museums. city. Yep. Like, just the photos alone. Yeah. With those photos will come opportunities to give your artwork to someone like Knowledge Bennett and these other black artists to recreate and make these things into art. With that, Johnson Publishing Company easily could have became a digital company to start producing content because there's hardly anybody of black power that would say no to the Johnson Publishing Company. Or even like stock imagery. Because we know really good <laughs> people of color stock imagery is. Like, just imagine all those issues of Jet with those fantastic models, even the ads, like, that's content for days. Just, just if you don't believe us, just go to Getty Images or any stock photo and just put in black professional woman and see how short right. it is. Or put in black family and see how you only get three pages of content. But put in white family and you'll have over 75 pages of content. Right. Or even or the black woman and her hair looks trash. I don't. Oh, Lord. The, the bad weaves. Um, just... They start looking like the girls that's on Los Olas. <laughs> We know how y'all got that date. Um, y'all want to talk about the black families that don't have a father? So, yeah. Um, the positive images. So, I don't know when our legends that have these things, because if you still have those photos, Johnson Publishing Company, if you still have access to those photos, those are not assets that you need to sell off. Mm -mm. Those are mm -mm. assets that you need to bring in a real consultant with a real vision that can execute it. Right. Your photo should have been all in the African American Museum yeah. up in DC. And archivists there, could do wonders. There's so much you should be, and I, I've heard, cause I know people, I've heard about some of the exclusive shots y'all have of one off situations. That bottom line with the hip hop artists that we have now, with the Kevin Hart's of the world, with all these people that have money, there's photos that you have that you could sell as one-offs and exclusive rights to somebody where they would buy it for millions of dollars just to have a piece of history in their house. Yeah. Like, who, whose mans is this? Like, <laughs> that's the only way you can say, like, who are y'all talking to to get consulting and to get information of how to actually monetize this company? Like, why didn't y'all bring Diddy on board? Like, anybody but whoever y'all had could have helped this situation out. And I mean... Mm. Long silence, because <laughs> it's just—it's crazy when you just it, when you think about it. It hurts because yeah. one will pride get out of the way of saying it's time to let somebody younger come in and it's time for us to do something different. 
Not only that, because when you think about Jet and you think about Ebony, um, it takes you back to a time where you maybe at your grandmother's house and on her coffee table, she had like a spread of the issues. And like you said, you just, you flicking through the pages and you see all these wonderful stories of people who are achieving great things. You have the Jet Beauty of the Week. And I remember I used to look at those pages and see like what they were doing, their hobbies, what their career was. And that's, that, that does something to young, impressionable minds. So to lose that content and to have it sold out to people who may not even appreciate it, who knows what they're going to do with it. I mean, it's, if the wrong people crazy. get, if the, to me, if the wrong people get control over, they're going to bury it. That's what they're going to do with it. And from our AP Daniels, Daniel, excuse me, um, all assets will now be sold by the Chapter 7 trustee to pay off the debts. Right. So, like, this is... And, like, Fashion Fair makeup, like, the Fashion Fair makeup line, like, that was, that's the black, that's the original, like, black woman's makeup line that was made for black women by black women. There's My so much history we may Fashion never Fair. get to see. Like, y'all had the photos of Emmett Till. And we know how photography worked. You didn't just take one photo. There's photos of Emmett Till. There's photos of the open casket. You had to have photos of the actual funeral itself. Yeah, all those that great alone. moments. All those great moments. Like, what are you doing with this history? Like, let somebody steal those photos. Lose it. Lose it. Do not allow the wrong people to control those assets. Just don't. Don't. That made me sad. <laughs> we we only have so much black history. <clears throat> and, and we're in a position where with our black history, we know how things get whitewashed. We can't even play our own characters in the movies. We can't even tell the story the way we want to tell the story. Yeah. Like, you can do a lot, but mm -hmm. as an artist as a person that loves photography, as a person that paints from photos to use as a reference images, give them the computers, give them the, the, the tables, give them, don't give up them photos. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Find the value of it. And I mean, find the value of it and find a way to get it back. Um, can Am I back on, can you hear me now? So while we're fixing the mic, as we talk about, because this ties directly into something that we talk about all the time, which is controlling the narrative. Am I back? You back? All right. But so really quick before you jump back in, you know, we like to talk about controlling the narrative and imagery is just as strong as words. And when you think about Black Panther and this whole revival and you're seeing content coming out and being created, and Afrofuturism, right? But Afrofuturism is only as good as the history that it relies upon, that it stands upon. And Jet and Ebony are a part of that history. You cataloged the African-American experience for generations. Like, yeah, that made, like I said, that made me sad. That made me sad. And I mean, there's the, the reason why I wanted to take the time to discuss this is because That's what they did to us in the pyramids. That's what they did to us 
in Africa. They stole you our art. Speak it. They and they just they now stole, trying to give it back. Right. <laughs> thousands of years. Just thousands of years. Centuries later, we're just getting this back. And we already know how much of our culture is diluted in America. You are our history. Those photos tell stories that mouths could never repeat. The articles, like that, those are history books Waiting. by themselves. Waiting. <laughs> like for real, for real. I don't know who y'all need to talk to. I don't know if, you know what? I know he don't watch the show, but somebody that always knows somebody knows somebody. Jay, Six degrees of separation. Jay-Z, if you're going to make a, an investment, go buy up those assets. Buy them up and do what you got to do with them. You got the John, John Michelle Basquiat pieces. Buy these photos and open up a mm. Sir and Rumi gallery of black history. And just put these photos yeah. up so these kids can see them. Popular black history. Or Ava DuVernay. Oprah, where are you at? That's Chicago. That's your city, man. What are you doing? And you know what? I'm going to assume that you tried to work with them and they said no. I'm going to assume that you tried to give them ideas and they said no. But don't, don't let this... Sh- Fuck it. Don't let this shit get into the wrong hands or the wrong people with a little bit of history that we had over the last 80-something years disappears because of financial issues. We don't have Tabby Smiley anymore. We don't have Teen Summit. Black Enterprises on its final legs. We don't have the 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 information we need. Just Jay, Jay, Jay do this. Somebody that knows, actually not even Jay. Let, let's let's put it in the hands of the people. Somebody reach out to the trustees. Find out how much money they need to start paying off some of these debts. And pay off the debts in exchange for the photos and the articles. Everything else you can let go. Do not let go of those 35 millimeter films. Do not let go of those photos. I mean, or, or if anything, sell the photos and keep the rail so you can reprint the photos on your own. Yeah. And, the and scan articles, them in. Just like anything but interviews. letting that go. Hmm. Or better yet, you know what we're going to do? We're going to reach out to them. David, I'm challenging you. You're in Chicago. David, you find the trustees. Let's find out what the debt is. Let's put together our own investment group. Right, people do GoFundMe's all the time. Let, yeah, yeah. This is something to do a GoFundMe This for. is when you reach out to people and let us know what's up. Let's GoFundMe to control those assets. And with control of those assets, we will build our own galleries, our pop-up shops, and we will do our own stuff for history. And the funding will go back into educating black men and women on journalism and content development to build incubators to start recreating content like that now. Mm. That speaks volumes. Goosebumps. That's what we'll do. So David, I know you listening. I know you watching. Find out who the trustees are. You have your relationship with the Chamber of Commerce. Find out who the trustees are and let's put together... Ask them for a number. What's the number to get the photos? Photos first, article second. What's the number to get the photos? What's the price? And can we bid on it? 
because that information cannot be gone, cannot be lost. I don't have today's ignorance. Today's ignorance will be anybody that's objective to this. You know what? We know Tracy. We know Tracy mm -hmm. and we know Sabrina. They know how to get in contact with Jay-Z because of the uh, Justice for Trayvon Martin Foundation. We'll find a way to make this happen. All we need to know is a number. We want those photos. We want those articles. We do not want those assets in the wrong hands. We'll start paying off some of this debt. Lock those photos down and give them to us. We'll reach out to Knowledge Bennett and ask him to do large silk screen prints of some of your exclusive photos and sell them all as exclusive art. Let us make that happen. Yeah. Media is already dying. We're here. All we can do is try to get our word out. All we can do is try to raise funding. We want our millions of dollars, not so we can just pay ourselves, so we can stop working for the man and start getting this information out, so we can stop having clients and start getting this information out. We want funders and we want money and we want to get more information to you because I don't know how many people that's watching the show right now knew they filed bankruptcy. I don't know if you understand the value of having an exclusive photo printed on the cover of your magazine of Emmett Till's death. Do you know what that speaks in volumes? Because it was probably nowhere else. Nobody wanted to print it. Right. Nobody was going to run that story. Nobody wanted to see. And they had to go sit down with his mama and ask, is it okay if we do this? And his mama had to say yes, because I want them to see what they did to my awesome. baby. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is, we're going to find a way to make that happen. Actually, as soon as we turn off these cameras, we're going to do a short little video and we're going to do our own fundraiser and our crowdfunding. And I'm going to just say the number we probably need to reach due to debt, I'm going to say we probably need to reach probably anywhere from $1.5 million to $3 million just to probably go buy them photos. So that's the number I'm going to put out there. I'm going to say the number is $1.5 million. And y'all talk about sharing and how do you support this is how you support let's make this go viral but this is what we're going through with media if we can't control the narrative or tell our story mm. it's the same thing they did in the pyramids it's the same thing they did in africa they will change the story and tell the story and the perception of the best way they see right. fit to control your mind start lighting up those images you won't see yourself no more Guys of Egypt played by nothing but white people. I'm not going to let us lose this story. I'm not going to let us lose this battle. As y'all know, we don't take on a lot of public fights, but this one I'm willing to take on. So, I don't have today's ignorance. The only ignorance I have is if you don't get behind this movement of saving the assets of Johnson Publishing Company, you don't really care about our history because everything ain't going to make it to the halls of Congress and the Library of Congress like Nipsey did. There's a lot of stories that's told about a lot of great black people in those magazines. And photos, photos say what a mouth can never say. Mm. So, I'm good. That's Mike. That's Toya. And this, this is, is Tech, Tech Beats and Bites. Bites.